Hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast at the Rectory. I'm Ian. I'm Katie. And I'm Emily. We are three friends who at some point or another all lived in a tiny blue house in Cincinnati that we have affectionately named the Rectory. And together, we have filled it with... Memories. Long hours of PhD work. Parties. And a saggy three-legged couch we just can't seem to part with. I like that. Musical sting. Hi, Sarah. How was your birthday? Oh, it was good. It was very quiet. Yeah. Just the very way I quiet. liked it. <laughs> I was going to say, you're like a really busy lady. So I imagine a quiet birthday is a good yes. change. Your Sunday was delicious. That's how you know I love you. <laughs> so were you guys together? No, but I gave her my graders birthday Sunday because I'm not anywhere near graders. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Why let it go to waste? Yeah, no, when there's a perfectly happy Danny right there. <laughs> exactly. So, Anne, can you tell me more about Sarah and Dan? Wait, yeah. Did you just say Danny or Danielle? We call her Danny. <laughs> I see. So, we know um, Danielle through InterVarsity again many moons ago. I was in a women's Bible study with Danielle that she started that went on for a very long time, which was wonderful. And then Sarah is like Danielle's like super best friend, sister, just like totally. If you know Danielle, you know Sarah. It's just how it works. Um, <laughs> even though even though Sarah is like uh, was really far away from Danny for a long time and like super long distance. So we would see her at like special occasions. And so that's how we kind of know Sarah. And they're both musicians and they're both fantastically talented. I think, I think it was when Daniel was doing her, one of her recitals, one of her master's level recitals that um, Sarah usually came in for those really big events. So they're, they really make an effort to be like with each other at these really like critical moments in their lives, which is really cool. Um, they've made a lot of road trips back home um, to Massachusetts, right? <laughs> and That's like, my home, technically. <laughs> we've adopted Sarah into my home. <laughs> right, back home in loose terms. Yes. So Danny, hey, before I'm we start. Who's Emily? Hi, Emily. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I'm don't mind me. I just like am here. Um, I moved in with Katie in Cincinnati in the summer of 2019. Is that when that you right? left, Anne? Yeah. yeah, and I just also adopted a dog that is. I was gonna say, is that your right pup? Now. <laughs> yeah, this is my little pup. His name is Ace. Um, he's about a year old. He knows hi. Does he get along with Bennett, Katie? Is Bennett still around? It's, yeah, he's right. Okay. He's blocking oh, yeah. me from stretching out in my own ding-dang bed. Bennett um, is 100% very much here and a presence, a very strong presence in the home. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're doing great together. Yeah. We're I'm, really happy about that. Well, let's kick off our episode officially, shall we? Uh, we have cats, we have dogs, we have a beautiful orchid in the back of Sarah's. <laughs> That's just like so lovely. We have a 
wall of flowers behind Danielle that she I love that on Etsy. Danny's Kindle art. Um, okay, well, we're here at the rectory, and we have two very special guests, Sarah and Danielle. They have been friends for an exceptionally long time, and we uh, have been wanting to talk to them all season. Um, and we're so happy the stars have aligned, and we are finally able to get them together um, on this lovely Saturday morning. Um, Sarah and Danielle are both musicians, and we're going to talk a little bit about kind of their background and what they do just so you get to know them a little bit um and then we're gonna dive into the question that we always want people to ask that they always seem to ask of people who are dating and or married but we want them to ask it about friends too so like we'll we'll go into intros and then how did you guys meet well i'm in iowa city currently i am currently a also doing my dma here in cello and i just tacked on musicology, which for the people of the world is basically the study of how music fits into the world. I have a cat, <laughs> which is maybe not, not that relevant right now, but I feel like it's important. What's your cat's um, name? My cat's name is Callie. She is hiding under the bed. Um, and I don't know, something fun or something you've traveled or a place you've traveled that you've left. Oh, well... Do people travel recently? <laughs> I mean, back I in the to, day, back in the day. <laughs> I actually went to Hawaii over the summer um, and I learned what? how to surf badly, but oh. I did it. <laughs> That's very interesting, Sarah. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You couldn't nail me down because I was busy in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a big deal. All right, Miss Danny. Um, I am in Kettering, Ohio. I am a worship director at a church, which for normal people, I'm basically the music director plus some. I am a musician like Sarah, but I do not play the cello. I play the organ and the piano, which is good because I'm a pretty bad cellist. Um, <laughs> She's okay. Sarah and I are best friends. <laughs> I have a dog, Chloe, who is mortal enemies with her cat, Callie. <laughs> <laughs> I have not traveled anywhere interesting. Here, interesting fact. I went yeah. to Massachusetts last week <gasps> to meet my first ever niece. Yay! She's adorable. Do you How mind saying her name? Or uh, you want her name's Lydia. And Aww. she is three months now. Oh, I also want to brag about my niece. I actually went to Danielle's <laughs> house about a month ago. Not where I met my niece for the first time, but we both became aunts in the last year. Oh wow. my I've gosh. Actually, I've seen Sarah's niece more than my own. <laughs> Sarah, where Probably is Probably more than me. <laughs> where is your family based? Um, Cincinnati. Oh, really? Yes. So Danielle moved about 10 minutes away from my sister walking when she went to Cincinnati for the first time. We have some sort of weird, like, weaved family friendship community thing going on. I want to dive into that, but let's dive into before you got into, like, really amazing friendship. How did you guys meet? How did this happen? Danny, I'll let you tell this story. <laughs> so it would have been, let's see, 2007. Sarah and I were nervous little orientation people at college. 
we had to take a placement exam for the heart school and we ended up sitting at the same table. It was Sarah, a friend of ours, uh, who she knew from Cincinnati, um, Caitlin, and then two ballet dancers and myself. And when I am nervous, I talk. <laughs> Sometimes <Lots>. I don't <laughs> always talk, but I was really afraid, like I'm in college, I don't know anybody, I'm not gonna have anybody to eat dinner with, I'm panicked. So I started asking questions because everybody was silent at the table and I do not like silence. I'm better now, but then it was like a no-no. So I said, where are you from? What you doing? And Sarah and everybody else was giving one word answers, which I was not <laughs> appreciating. So I just kept asking questions. And it just so happened, um, the wow. way that things were set up um, at our school, we had suites and two suites were connected with a hallway for the resident halls and mm -hmm. On the other side was this other cellist that Sarah knew from Cincinnati. So Sarah being, you know, already knows one person, she's gonna be around and talk to this person. So she ended up seeing that annoying question person again. <laughs> and then we had class and we had ear training and what do you know? Here's this familiar face. And she <laughs> sat next to me. Now, I later learned that Sarah thought I was super annoying <laughs> because I asked so many questions that first day. And so I said, well, why would you have sat next to me if I was annoying? And she goes, because oh. a familiar face is better than none. I was like, oh, okay. Uh. And so I saw her a lot at our residence hall and we were in ear training class and we just slowly became friends. And then she, she came to my house that first spring break and got acquainted with my family too. <laughs> and I'm still here. Okay, I have an observation and then I have two questions. My observation is you're the second set of very closely bonded friends who started out one party was annoyed with the other. And so I want to say to everyone <laughs> listening, like if you meet someone and you don't click at first, do not write that person off. Because <laughs> you never know if you give them a, a second chance, like this could be one of the loves of your life, you know? And my, my two questions are, A, what's a placement exam? And two, what's ear training? I don't even remember what the placement exam is for for that. I don't, um, that one included but, theory, I think. Well, then I wonder why the dancers were there. <laughs> but sometimes, Good point. at least in music schools, they give you sort of a pre-exam to just see what you know and what you don't to see what like is the first class you should take. So for music theory, um, ear training is kind of like, some people also call it aural skills. So it's for musicians to develop their other instrument, which is their ear. Um, so we do a lot of singing like solfege, like do, re, mi. I'm not going to sing <laughs> with a microphone recording me. Um, <laughs> that class was traumatic for me. <laughs> um, oh, but no. like singing scales and singing chords and yeah. There, how do you, we kind of got a snapshot of what you felt through Danny, but can you remember that time or does it just feel like Danny was just always there? 
Well, we've had discussions about this over the years where I think I've called her out and like, I wasn't annoyed or (laughs) (laughs) I was overwhelmed. And that's, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. sort of the opposite of her in stressful situations. And that's one of the things that we're, I think have gotten better about over the years is just knowing how different we are and what ways we're different. Um, But when I'm overwhelmed or stressed, I'm just going to go dead silent. And if you're going (laughs) to invade that silence, then it's, it's not taken well. (laughs) Um, Danny, you mentioned that Sarah has come home with you many times since that first spring break. Can you talk about what, what's that been like? you and how how did that develop and what is it like Sarah to you know go home with your (laughs) uh, college buddy and suddenly connect to a whole family I I'm chuckling over here because um (laughs) the first uh spring break we were in Connecticut Sarah lived in Ohio and so I offered for her to come to my house because you know that's far distance Mm -hmm. um and there was a joke made of oh, you need to keep a journal of everything that happens at the Gilbo households. Um, my family's a little unique. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> a little. I don't know if I can say this on the rectory, but I'm going to anyways. Um, we we broke Sarah in right away. I tell everybody the story because it was hilarious. Um, I love games. So anytime I go home, the rule is you need to play lots of games. We were playing Taboo, and we decided to switch up all the teams. And by the end of the night, the last set of teams, it was my mother and I against Sarah and my father. And my father had had a few drinks at this point, (laughs) Um, and it was hitting him a little. Sarah, in her, like, very quiet, reserved way, gets this card and says, great clue she says jesus's mother was one of these and my dad starts screaming everything jesus's mother was not like (laughs) and sarah's face was so epic as my dad's just going her prostitute like everything bad i'm like oh my gosh my mother and i were dying and then we finish and my mother corrects him peter Jesus's mother was a virgin. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah. So we, we broke Sarah in. Um, we broke Sarah in pretty quickly. <laughs> and, you know, my sister got married last year during COVID, and Sarah was invited as, as one of the guests. Um, and... Bethany did he said like the photographer goes oh I'll take sorry Bethany's my sister the photographer says I'll take pictures of the sisters and he took Sarah and I down and I said Sarah I'm sorry you're my best friend I just don't I don't picture you as my sister because I met her as my best friend but like my sister pictures her as a sister the photographer I'm pretty sure thought that we were lovers but (laughs) (laughs) we've gotten that a lot over the years I'm like no (laughs) I mean, we just made jokes about it after the wedding, but um, I'm like, no, we're just, we're great friends and we get each other. And I see her as my friend who's 
been accepted into my family and celebrates Christmas with us often. I mean, heck, last week I got asked like 15 times, is Sarah coming up for Christmas? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Photographers are always pairing me and my middle brother, Curtis, up together yeah. because <laughs> oh, no. at first glance, we look nothing alike and we're yeah. always hanging out and my other brother's married. So people just go, <laughs> yeah, but they've been doing that since we were teenagers because he's looked like he was 40 oh, no. since he was an eighth great <laughs> so i totally get that sarah how about you how was <laughs> how's the crash course of the gilboa house um i have to remember back that far i mean i think it was it was both fun and exciting and similar to sort of the you know orientation table experience <laughs> um i think i spent a lot of time hiding in my room <laughs> But I don't, it, it almost feels hard to remember what that experience was like just because that's, there's been so much evolution since then. Um, Danielle was very modest. She said, oh, she was invited to my sister's wedding as a guest. I officiated her sister's that wedding. That is a good point. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I forgot Amazing. about that. Sorry. <laughs> she forgot. <laughs> Uh, Sarah, what are your qualifications to officiate a wedding? You know, there's a great website online <laughs> <laughs> that you can get a one-day license to do that. Wow. I, that well, was my something. first and possibly only wedding that I'll officiate <laughs> my life. She did a very no. good job. People still talk about it. Oh. They actually talk more about how great Sarah was than the fact that our well went out and we had no flushable toilet water. <laughs> oh, no. So that just shows like how good she was. Yeah, that's a that is definitely you should put that on your resume, Sarah. <laughs> I was such a good officiant that no one ever talks about the fact that our toilets wouldn't flush. <laughs> Yeah, but it has been interesting because I think Danny's sister, Bethany, considers me to be a sister, but Danny and I don't see each other that way. Yeah, <laughs> I think I remember getting a phone call from her sister just being like, asking if I would do this. And I was like, have you talked about to your family about, you know, getting married? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely, I think in some ways, fully in that family dynamic. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One like Christmas in particular that I had gone to Massachusetts and this was after Danny things started working at one of her church jobs in Ohio, probably the first one that you had, but you had to work Christmas Eve. And, but there was one year that I flew the day before. And so that was the moment when I sort of knew that like, it was fine because Danny wasn't there and I was like helping myself to the mold wine at her grandparents' house. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hold on. Christmas Eve is glug, just to specify. Oh. It's not mold wine. I'm still learning. <laughs> That's amazing. That is such like a test when you go to like when you go to your friend's house but your friend isn't there yet. And they're like, Yeah. And they're not like, Whoa, where is your person? You don't come unattended. <laughs> Danny, um, do you have, that's the wonderful thing about you both, like, you have such wonderful and hilarious stories. Um, is there a story, not when you guys are in Massachusetts, but is there a story of you together 
um, traveling or doing something together that is just like really fun and you'd love to share? Uh, let's see. In 2019, before the world, no, it would have been 18 before the world shut down. No, 19. That was right. Yeah. Um, Sarah and I literally traveled halfway across the world together. <laughs> we went to Australia and oh, wow. we went to see a friend of Sarah's who I had heard about, but never met. Um, but spent the week just exploring Australia together, which was kind of fun. And she'd been there before I hadn't, but it'd been a long time. And so it was kind of fun to just do stuff together. We, <laughs> we did a half marathon together, which, oh my gosh, I was so, so untrained for. Um, and I remember just saying to Sarah, like, I, I know we have a time limit. I, I'm going to try to stay in the time limit. The most I've run is four miles. <laughs> like, I, this is going to be really hard. Um, and just, I re we, so it, they have this observatory in, um, in Australia, in Sydney. And it's like way up at the top of the hill. And we had to run up this hill. And I remember seeing it nervous because Sarah's getting nervous that like we're going to get, you know, chopped off of the, because if you don't come in the time, they're like, you're done, get off the course. And if you're going to do it in Australia, you want to finish the half marathon, you know? And so I remember looking at this hill and saying, I'm going to run up it for her. I might have a heart attack, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and my favorite moment was we like went, I don't know, a little bit up and Sarah goes, I can't do this. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, we had fun. And, you know, Sarah accepts my dorkiness too, because like she knew that I was all about the birds in Australia. I really like birds and I had my little Australia bird book. And so she would walk and talk with her friend and be totally fine while I'm sitting there like, Ooh, birdie, look at that bird. <laughs> like, checking out all these birds in the trees and trying to get a picture. She's very accepting of my quirks. <laughs> I love that so much that Sarah, you're like, I can't do this either. Like, no. But I also remember being kind of, mean at some points during that <laughs> marathon because we both wanted to finish it and she kind of gave me permission like you know push me in so I think there were some points where we were both pretty tired she's like move it let <laughs> <laughs> go yep <laughs> also friendship <laughs> yeah. right well I'm curious because I have um I feel like traveling with somebody is a totally different experience than other like than living with someone versus being friends when you live separate places and it sounds like you guys have traveled together from the beginning but what is that that like traveling together and does that sort of require a different set of friendship skills than your normal life where you guys are long distance most of your friendship right <laughs> so what do you have to do to travel together well i think we're actually very naturally good travelers because mm -hmm. i think I think our personalities in general are pretty different, mm -hmm. um, but the way that we travel is very similar. Mm. <laughs> okay. So like long car trips, we're both like blast the radio and sing along kind of people. <laughs> so And eat way too many snacks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think our, our traveling methods are very, very similar. I think we've also, just because we are in some ways so different just in our everyday, we've learned how to disagree really well mm -hmm. or how to kind of 
tell each other what we need. Like that's something we're really good at. Um, and so there's no hesitation or weirdness if, you know, we're traveling or tired or in a bad mood to just say, this is what I need right now. And usually the other person is like, okay. That's really great. Cause I was just talking to a friend who's not on this call saying that I struggle with disagreeing well, um, mm -hmm. or even expressing anger. Like I, with a friend, like I repress it. So like, is that something you guys have figured out how to do is even to express anger in a way that's. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> and like, yeah, not, not injuring. Danny, you like disappeared out of frame. Because <laughs> Sarah and I are notoriously good at um, arguing <laughs> that way. Um, and th this actually goes back to the how different we are. Um, during COVID at work, we had done a temperament study and talking about how like your temperament is the way you're innately wired and you can't change it. You can change your personality and you can change parts of that and that forms as you grow, but your temperament's just like, mm -hmm. you're that way. And mm -hmm. it's one thing that was really interesting is looking at like what the needs of each temperament are. Um, so Sarah and I, I mean, we got in an argument when I went and visited her and I'm really good at being like, I'm angry. I'm just going to stay angry. I'm, I am the grudge queen. Let's put it that way. Sarah is amazing at saying, we've had a disagreement. We need to talk about it. Um, and when we first started being friends, I actually really hated that. <laughs> like, I would have given up on Sarah at some points because I just, I don't like dealing with it. But she's mm -hmm. like, no, we're talking about it. And um, I think her that's a quality that's you know really great in her and that's like a huge reason why we're still friends because <laughs> when we're when we just met once again i'm stubborn that way but um i think what was nice is after the argument after we went you know had a moment to cool down we were able to sit down and talk the next day and i said um you know i was looking at our needs and like what what you need and what i need are these things and like the way that we interact, like I should remember that you need to feel, I don't know, safety and mm -hmm. support because that's, I might not need that, you know? And so I say something and I don't understand why you're annoyed because in my brain, it makes total sense. But mm -hmm. for somebody who's a different temperament, it doesn't. So we're still learning. That helped me because I like the visual representation of here are the four things you need, here are the four things I need. Um, <laughs> But I think we will continue to learn for a little bit. <laughs> In some ways, us having such different different temperaments, as Danny's saying, and also just different personalities. And I think one of our things that we often struggle with, but we're both very, very aware of, is just we have different ways of thinking and processing. Like, I'm all about the deep conversations. Like, I want to get into the philosophy of everything. And I'm like, I'm a very gray thinker because mm -hmm. if that makes sense to everyone and mm -hmm. Danny's kind of the opposite where she wants like lists and visuals and sort of like the black and white kind of way of seeing the world. And so we have to sometimes negotiate like whose world are we going to be in right now? I had a point and now I can't remember what it is, but yeah, <laughs> I think that 
in some ways, oh, that's made some things difficult, but I think that's also been maybe the biggest reason that our friendship has lasted as long as it has and been as strong as it has is because we've, we have to do work to be mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. um, I almost think maybe it's harder when it's just so natural that you don't have to do that work because then you mm -hmm. never really grow as friends and we are, we have to. So we talk I wish y'all could see Katie's That's face so right now because <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I think it's like it's, there's a certain level of like investment that comes when you have to do that work. And so the mm -hmm. more work you put into it, the more like valuable that relationship becomes almost. And then it just keeps growing and growing like what like what you were saying. So I think that's really beautiful. And probably also why Katie's about to like burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Iris Murdoch said, love has to do work. And mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite quotes, one of my favorite ideas. If we were to see Danny and Sarah working on a project, a project <laughs> around the house. I was going to say, what kind of project? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what, what do you mean? What would that be like? <laughs> I feel like we do projects pretty well together. We built, well, we uh, repaired a fence last year. Oh my oh, god! damn. <laughs> Is this the fence that Sarah broke? I did not break it. <laughs> it was Sarah and me combined. I put so, the hammock up. Danny got in the hammock. <laughs> after you already bent my fence a little. Basically, what had happened, Sarah was going to spend, you know, because COVID, she was all by herself. So she was going to spend a couple months with me. Mm -hmm. And she said, do you have a place I could hang a hammock? And I said, well, I have a tree. I only have one tree, though. And I said, but you know what? I have a fence. And four by four fences, are uh, the poles are put... If they're professionally done, they're put 30 inches into the ground and if. they are surrounded by concrete. Yeah. And that is how this one was. It was put 30 inches in the ground and it was surrounded by concrete. The problem was, unbeknownst to me, it was very, very old and it was rotting at the ground level. So when we ended up getting in the hammock, the four by four actually broke at the ground. So we had to dig, I mean, people are, I say to people in retrospect, I still say uh, it should have held the hammock. If it was properly done and it was brand new, it would have, but it was not brand new. So I have a dog, we needed to fix it. I went to Home Depot, had no clue that everybody was buying four by fours and lumber was in shortage. <laughs> Luckily there was a pile of, of cedar ones and I was like, I'm just gonna buy two expensive ones and we're gonna fix it. And we, we did really well together. Like we dug the hole, we worked together to pull this 30 inch concrete block out <laughs> or push it over. The first one we didn't get all the way out, I'll admit it. But um, like we, we built it well together and like we worked over this summer, we worked in Sarah's garden together, digging mm. weeds. And we just, it's like who, I think the thing with us is who's the one who's steering the project. Like, uh, yeah. because yeah. I think that's for everybody. You need to have one vision in your mind and like, you can mm -hmm. ask for, you can ask for opinions and approvals, but whose, whose project is this? Who gets final say? 
And I yeah. think if we yeah. know that, I can say, Sarah, what do I do? Or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And then it's fine. Projects around the house we're good with. <laughs> I, well, I asked that question because I know and I've seen and witnessed that you are like you're you work together really well. Like you're a really good team. And I, that's what I admire so much is that I know you've done work and I know there are differences, but I've also seen like the really amazing, just like you just fit together. And I think that point, Danny, about vision and about you're like, you're the chef, I'm the sous chef, like that clarity and learning that clarity has really helped you be really successful. I just really admire that. Um, I don't, Katie and Emily, I don't know if you have another question, but I was going to ask the how has this love transformed your life question? So if we, Oh, you know, just a small question. Yeah. It's, just a, you know, a, just a fun thing. A like one. To on. <laughs> well, uh, but if you have a question that can buy them some time. <laughs> wow. I mean, I am kind of curious, like, cause you guys just kind of kept crossing paths at the beginning of your programs and you weren't at first you weren't jiving do you remember like how you came to a point where you were in fact friends and were no longer just kind of like oh you're here again oh you're here again oh you're here again like yeah, when did it actually become a relationship and just ignore ace uh, squeaking his piggy yeah. in the background <laughs> Um, I was wondering who that was. He's yeah, he's doing a little yeah, I had to mute myself earlier. He decided that the curtain was a threat, so he started barking. Sarah, did you say you don't remember? Not really. So I I mean, I didn't have a problem with Sarah necessarily at the beginning. I just wanted friends. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like I was just yeah, so yeah, nervous yeah. about not having friends. But um I remember very clearly we were walking from the resident side of campus to school to practice and I was asking questions and mm. I remember Sarah telling me some stuff about life and she started crying a little I was like whoa we're at a deep section <laughs> like the, it, I feel because I was always somebody like I don't I I will hold down tears I don't cry in front mm. of people often so like to have and I felt like she was kind of the same way. I didn't know her a ton, but in, I, mm -hmm. in my brain, everybody's that way, which I know is not true. Um, yeah. But I remember when she like just walking and she almost looked uncomfortable. And I was like, we're, we're at a new point. Like mm -hmm. I feel for me, I've had that with other friends too. I feel like when you tell me something about your life that's emotional to you, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. like, oh, we've reached a new level. So I remember that moment, even if you don't, Sarah, that was my moment. <laughs> well, and I'm sure it was probably like a gradual process too. So yeah, but yeah, that's really cool that you remember that. Because yeah. like sharing vulnerable emotions is such a like stepping stone into building relationships and learning more about people and yeah. And feeling safe enough to share those emotions. So some, you yeah. know, something about that moment like Sarah, you felt safe enough to, or maybe sometimes we just need to cry and just whoever's around is around. Oh, yeah. But I mean, definitely, I think that's a factor. Um, I don't know if Sarah, you're in the habit of crying, you know, <laughs> to almost <laughs> strangers. No, not generally. 
I mean, at that point, I feel like it was probably October. So we'd known each other at this point for a couple months. I mean, she was wearing her gray wool jacket. So it had to be like medium cold. I I do remember this. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm a very visual person. (laughs) Was the wind ruffling her hair? (laughs) Or an orange leaf caught behind her ear? That's amazing. All right, we're mm-hmm. going to dive into that big question. How and so how has this love story between the two of you, this beautiful friendship changed or transformed your life? Go for it, Danny. Sorry, I was <laughs> laughing cuz I literally so we're recording this obviously and I have my computer and things are popping up and I just had a little corner that popped up and says you have a memory to look back on today with Sarah Hansen (laughs) it just made me giggle well I feel like I can actually answer this because I've said this to people before So I grew up in a very um, sheltered world. We'll just put it that way. I grew up in an area with um, not a lot of diversity and even just like going to college, um, meeting people from different backgrounds. I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world um, because so many people, I just, you know, you don't know other cultures. And when everybody in your area looks like you, it's hard to know a lot. And um, I remember like with Sarah being different the way she thinks and then also her background's different and like I didn't get along with my sister and she was like great friends with her sister but also bigger age gap. Sorry, that's my dog. Um, (laughs) I've said to um, people, I said, you know, the way that I think of things now is a lot broader and like I work at a church so we think about people all the time we think of how would showing a video in service affect somebody how would doing this affect somebody and I can go from my sheltered experience like oh well this would be fine for me I don't really care but like Mm -hmm. say but you know what that wouldn't actually work for somebody who had this background or what about this person with this background and it's It's helped me think of things different, which has helped me um, approach other relationships better, I think. Also, it's kind of fun because Sarah said once uh, she's never getting rid of me because I know too much. I don't know what that means, but I know too much. So I know like there's somebody somebody always there who's got my back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, I think for me, just our friendship has given me kind of a foundation for what it looks like to have kind of a long-term relationship with anybody or Mm. um, including myself. And I say anybody in the broad sense of like other friends, colleagues, career paths, just being an individual. Because I think one of the things that is the most valuable to me about our friendship is that we've both changed a lot in the last, how long have we known each other? I don't know, like 14 years? Yeah. Is that right? 13 or 14 from her 2007 dating. Mm -hmm. And it's both really hard, but really valuable to be able to stay friends with someone when you've both changed so drastically and when you've both gone Mm -hmm. through a lot in your life. So that's just something that like I know now is possible. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, I just feel like a lot of value and feeling safe to change as a person and to, you know, go through different life experiences and still have this be 
a steady certain thing. That's awesome. I think it's it's easy to have friendships and relationships that are based on circumstances. So, you know, friends from school or friends from the neighborhood or childhood friends that just kind of remain in your life because of the longevity. But it's a very different experience to have a relationship with someone that lasts so long when you're still friends with who they are in the present moment and not just who they were when you met them. Beautiful. 